Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill, that's where we get the name for our series, and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to wear masks, fist bumps and elbows, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. I want you to look at the hoarder in your life and just tell them there is a time to throw things away. And that time is right now. A time to, to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. And I want to use this idea of timing today to talk to you about the secret to your season. Does anybody like secrets? I like secrets. Secrets don't make friends, but friends do make secrets. That's what I've been told. So I like to share secrets. I'm going to share a secret with you, the secret to your season. And it's always my custom to pray before we get into the preaching of God's word. So I would appreciate if you would bow your head with me and let's pray. So we go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Father, that your word always speaks every time we open it up and we allow it to sit on our heart. So God, I ask that you would help us today to receive everything you have for us. Use me. Let it not just be my words, ideas, opinions, or thoughts, but let your word go forth. Let it speak to people. Individualize this word. Personalize it, Father. Let it be seed sown on good ground. Let it take root and produce fruit in everyone's lives. We thank you for it. And everybody who agrees with that can say, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, how many of you have a favorite season? favorite season of the year? Uh, I do. I, in fact, let's just take a little, little poll. I'm kind of feeling springy. That's why I busted out the short sleeve shirt today. I wanted to feel, I'm channeling spring thoughts. Hey, spring, is anybody, spring is your favorite season? Spring? Got some spring people. How many of you, summer? Summer is your favorite season. All the students, because there's no school <laughs> in the summer. Um, how about the fall? Anybody love fall? I, fall is my favorite season. I'm thinking coffee, I'm thinking jackets, I love to wear jackets, the, the changing, all of that stuff. Like, I love the fall. Anybody favorite season is winter? Winter, favorite season? Ushers, can we remove these people, please? <laughs> I, winter is not my favorite season. I, uh, in fact, I hate winter. Some are like, Pastor, that is a, hate is a strong word. I know, that's why I used it, okay? I, I hate winter. The Bible says there is a time to hate. That is the time that I hate the snow, the cold. I, I, I don't love it. I'm just, I'm, I'm noticing the changing of seasons. It's, it's, and so I'm, I'm hoping we're past winter and into spring. I've been talking to people. People are, are, you know, even thinking about summer and making their summer plans and booking summer vacations. I'm thinking of all the stuff I want to do in my yard once it warms up. All the stuff I want to hire to have done in my yard. You get, no, I'm not going to do it myself, but uh, I'm, just, I'm just noticing that the changing of seasons. And, and in Ecclesiastes, 
we get some incredible insight. Now, a little context on Ecclesiastes. If, if you don't know, Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon. At least it's described to Solomon. And Solomon is known as the wisest man who ever lived. And Ecclesiastes is kind of like his school of wisdom. Ecclesiastes is the book where he shares his secrets on life, on relationships, on work and purpose. And what he tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, let's put verse 1 up there so we can all look at it again. Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes that life should be a compilation of seasons. He says to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. But I would argue that even though this is God's intention, it is not always our experience. Wouldn't you agree? That, that even though life is meant to be a compilation of seasons, if we're not conscious, calculated, and careful, what we find is that life is not just a compilation of seasons, it can be a compilation of cycles. And a cycle and a season are not the same. Seasons change with time. Cycles change with us. Seasons are entered into and exited out of. A cycle is a time and space that you can enter into and never exit out of. When we're in a cycle, time changes, but we don't. When we're in a cycle, time changes, but our relationships don't. When we're in a cycle, our time changes, but our resources don't. Time is changing, but our mindset is not. Time is changing, but our peace is not. When we're in a cycle, time is changing, but our lives are standing still. That's not a season. That's a cycle. A cycle is a season where we get stuck. And when you're in a cycle, you feel hopeless. But I've come to bring you some hope today. If your season has turned into a cycle, I want to help you break the cycle. Now, that doesn't mean that every season we're in is always enjoyable. There are some seasons that are just hard seasons. Sometimes we have this idea in our mind that, like, there's good seasons and bad seasons and like the good seasons come from God and the bad seasons come from the devil. But there are some seasons that are just hard seasons. What I want to encourage you with today, I'll help you know this, is that advancement always brings opposition. So don't get discouraged if things get a little difficult sometimes because that can actually be an indicator that you're progressing. Jesus never promised you an easy life. What he promised was that he was going to be with you in this life every step of the way. The problem then comes when we don't take advantage of the time that we're in. That's what Solomon is trying to tell us. If you miss your moment, if you don't take advantage of the time, if you don't seize the strength of your season, you'll be frustrated there is a time and a season. There's a purpose for everything under heaven. So don't be trying to hold on to something when you're supposed to be letting go. Don't be trying to repair something 
when you actually need to let that thing die. Don't be trying to resist something that God actually wants you to receive. There is a time and a season for everything. And I don't know what your specific area is, what, what God might be saying to you. I think if we went around the room, it might be different for all of us. But what I do know is whether right now you are waiting for a season to be finished or you're weighted down in this one because of mismatched priorities, regardless of whatever camp you find yourself, if you don't seize the strength of this season, you won't go to the next one. And you'll stay stuck in the cycle wishing for a different season. That's why I want to help you learn the secret today. I want to help you learn the secret. Now, wishing for another season, looking ahead to a different season, something that James would have been familiar with. Remember James? I said we are going to talk about him. James is pertinent to our discussion because just like Ecclesiastes, I, I preached out of Ecclesiastes a couple weeks ago. Remember the ropes? Please tell me you remember the ropes. Hurt my feelings. <laughs> Bring those ropes back out here. Well, I was preaching out of Ecclesiastes. I said Ecclesiastes is, is wisdom literature. Well, James, James is sometimes referred to as the wisdom literature of the New Testament. You see, the way James writes, it kind of flows like Ecclesiastes. It's a little different in the sense he's not just like picking random thoughts and, you know, throwing darts and saying, I'm going to talk about this subject now. No, James, he was writing a letter to Christians. So he was writing it based off of troubles and trials and things that they were experiencing. But he's sharing with them his wisdom, sharing with them his secrets and He's writing to them, trying to help them make the most of their moments by doing the right thing right now. So in James chapter 4, verse 13, this is what he says. He says, look, here, you who say today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there. We'll make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we'll live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Now, He's not saying that you should never think about the future. James is not saying that you shouldn't ever make plans. In fact, if the Bible's clear on anything, one thing that is clear is that God is a planner. I mean, even all the way back at creation, you can see that God laid the groundwork at foundation for his plan of redemption. When you look through the Old Testament, you see he ascribed a plan for how to build the temple and worship. In fact, you read through the book of Leviticus. I know most of us don't ever read that. We just skip over that one. But that, that book, it's kind of boring. Like, it is all about planning. It is about what to do in this scenario, if and when. Details. The prophecies in the Old Testament speak to who Jesus was going to be and what he would do. There, the plan was laid. Even you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, you see that he had a schedule 
He had a plan. He would say things yet like, my time has not yet come. James isn't dealing with the issue of making plans. He's talking about an issue of the heart. He's saying, why are you saying things like, when things settle down, that's when we'll get involved. When life isn't so uncertain, that's when I can relax. When things aren't so crazy, then I'll be more disciplined. That's what he's talking about. And my concern, it's not really about things that you need to start. My concern is at what you may have already stopped. See, James is writing to Christians to address the issue that people are not seizing the strength of the season that they're in because they're thinking that there's going to be a better season tomorrow. They're too caught up wishing that they could be in a different season, and he's making the case that God wants to oversee every season of our lives. See, there is a divine timing to life. There is a time and a season for everything, a purpose for everything under heaven. That's why James says, hey, how do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? The point being, you don't. Even though there's a divine timing to life and God has things on a schedule, you don't know the schedule. He doesn't post it for all of us to see. Be a lot easier if he did. Man, I would sure appreciate that. But that's what makes living so difficult. And I'm just trying to tell you, I am preaching to myself today. I'm, I'm preaching to myself because I'm always thinking about what's next, regardless of what season I'm, like whether things are going great or whether I'm frustrated, I'm always thinking about what's next. I was telling our team the other day, I was like, yeah, I want to, I think we'll be doing this uh, in 2022, and I can see this happen, like this might happen in 2023, and you know, maybe we'll start small here, but then we can grow it into this. And I was saying all that, it's like, man, how about we just get through this year? How about we just get into the building? Like, that'll be, that'll be a good place to start. Because see, when I read James and he's saying, why are you thinking about tomorrow? I know the answer. Because in my idealized future, my problems don't exist. When I think about if I can get to that point, I won't have that problem. We can hire that staff person. When we have space for this thing, I've got no problems in my future. I realize I've kind of always felt this way. Like I remember being 14, thinking, man, I can just get my license. Like then I won't have to rely on my parents. I can just go where I want to go. But then you get your license and you realize that you still have a curfew. And your driving privileges can be taken away. So then you think, if I can just get to college, then I can have freedom. But when you get to college, what you realize is that the freedom you want is kind of expensive. So you start thinking, okay, if I can just make some money. So you go to work. And you get a job, and then you realize that the job that you're working has some responsibilities that you don't enjoy. So you're thinking, if I can just work for myself. But nobody ever tells you that when you're the boss, that's pretty stressful too. And if you're not careful, you might wreck your life with the pressure. 
Plus, like when you're the pastor of a church, God is your boss, so you're not really working for yourself anyway. So what I'm trying to help you understand, the principle is this. Everything's a little bit different when you're in it. Everything looks a little bit different from the outside. And here's what I'm wanting you to see is that instead of fantasizing about the prospects of the future, recognize that every season has a struggle you can't see. Every season has a struggle that you can't see. Now, I want to work on our hearts because what God wants to do today is set us free from wishing that we were in a different season or had different circumstances. And if you will grab hold of this today, this will set you free from anxiety in your life. This will set you free from fear in your life. This will set you free from whatever is holding you back from moving forward with the thing that God has called you to do right now. Because the problem is, whenever we fantasize about future seasons, we only see how high the tree grows. We don't see how deep the roots are. Just like whenever we see the fruit in somebody else's life, we don't see the fight that they had to go through to get there. Sometimes we see somebody, we think, man, I'd like to do what they do, but would you like to did what they did? I mean it like I said it. Do you want to go through what they had to go through? And I just I realized, like, when we're looking at being in a different season, we're looking at it like a visitor. We don't know what it's like to live there. Because, see, I, I was kind of, I was joking about the snow a little bit. Not really. But part of the reason I could say that, I, I used to live in Minnesota. And so when we moved, Marissa and I moved to Canton, like, this is like the tropics to us. Are you kidding me? Like a heat wave down here. It's amazing. Well, when we used to live in Minnesota, we'd have family come visit us, and you know, family maybe lived in Oklahoma or California, different places, and they would come, and, and you know, maybe around the holidays, they're like, oh, man, I really hope it snows while we're here. Or maybe it was snowing or it did snow. Like, oh, the, the snow, it, it looks so pretty. Well, yeah, it looks pretty to you. I've got to shovel it. It's, yeah, or hire somebody. I was working for my parents then, so they, <laughs> I had to shovel it for them. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty to you. It's different when you live there. That's what I'm trying to say. What, what looks attractive from the outside is completely different on the inside. And so what James says is rather than philosophize about what you're going to do one day when, instead you should find out what God's will is for you right now. What is God's will for you right now? So let's make this practical. Let's ask a few questions. What is the time you're in? What is is the time you're in? What is the purpose for what you're going through in this season? Just read through those first eight verses in Ecclesiastes. What is the purpose? How about this one? What are you choosing to plant today so you can reap tomorrow? How about, even better, 
Where are you positioning yourself? Where are you planted so that God can do something in you in the next season? Because seasons change when time changes, but cycles change when we do. Cycles change when we do. And so many of us miss our moments because we think we've got to feel it before we can fulfill it. I I can hear you right now. Yeah, pastor, I get it. But, like, now is not a good time for me. I'm not feeling very motivated right now. I'm not feeling very inspired right now. I'm not feeling very generous right now. I'm not feeling productive. I'm not feeling forgiving. I'm I'm not feeling faith-filled. Now, now is not a good time for me. I'm just, I'm just not feeling it. I get it. <laughs> you, you might not feel like it's a good time. But can I encourage you? God can do a good thing in a bad time. He can do a good thing in a bad time. In fact, what's so funny? You look at Jesus he didn't always have the best timing. Well, pastor, God's timing is always perfect. Mm, is it? Like, I get it. Yes, God's timing is perfect. But I've just noticed, like, in my life, it doesn't feel very perfect. It's usually not when I want. I just noticed, like, Jesus was always doing things at a bad time. You don't believe me? He was taking a nap when his disciples were fighting for their lives on a boat in the middle of a storm. Not a great time to take a nap, Jesus. Oh, God's time is always perfect. He decides to go visit Lazarus after he's already dead. Great timing. Jesus wants to go to Jerusalem during the time that people want to kill him. It's funny, one of his greatest miracles, like famous ones, you know, where he fed the 5,000, it was not a good time. He had been teaching all day. The disciples were there. There were thousands and thousands of people, 5,000 at least. And Jesus had compassion on them. He saw they were hungry. He wanted to feed them. He said to the disciples, hey, we need to get them some food. They said, Jesus, it's late. Send them away. He's like, no, I want to feed them. Where are we going to get enough food? We, we don't ha- even if we had enough, we don't have enough. <laughs> but, you know, Jesus says, even when it's too little and too late, it's still a good time. It's still a good time. I, I get it might not feel like a good time to you, but God can do a good thing in a bad time. And trusting his timing is really the mark of maturity. You see, the real question of faith isn't do you trust that God can do something in this season? The real question of faith is do you trust his timing? Do you trust his his timing? When things are not what you want them to be, when what you're experiencing isn't what you're enjoying, when you know where you want to be, but you see where you are, can you trust him in the meantime? 
in the meantime. Can I tell you a funny story about meantime? The meantime, uh, I remember just happened like a couple weeks ago. The kids and I, all of us were in the car. It's a minivan. I, honestly, I didn't want to say that and kind of embarrassed about it, but we were all in the minivan. And uh, we had all the kids. We were having a good time. We, we were hanging out, having fun. Pippa said something. I don't remember. Pippa's my youngest. She's five years old. I don't remember what she said. She said something funny, and everybody started laughing. But Pippa is very sensitive. So even though it was funny and it was a joke and everybody's laughing, she took it personally. And she's like, why are you guys laughing at me? You're so mean. And I was like, Pippa, nobody's laughing at you. We're just having a good time. It was funny. And she says, you're not having a good time. You're having a mean time. <laughs> a mean time. <laughs> the meantime. I mean, that is the mark of maturity. Trusting God in the meantime. When what you're experiencing isn't what you're enjoying. Can you trust God in the meantime? Can you trust God when it doesn't look like what you think it should look like? See, what really separates people who walk by faith and sense God's purpose from those who go through life always feeling like they are coming up short is how they choose to respond to the season that they're in. So I want to give you the secret. How many of you want to know the secret? I'm going to give you the secret to your season. Because God's heart is that every season would align with his will. And some of you are out of alignment right now. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm not saying that to hurt your feelings. I'm saying that because I want to help you. I'm saying that because I love you. I'll, I'll smile when I say it. Some of you, you're out of alignment. And God wants every season to align with his will for your life. You can't live in a season of what was. And you can't just wait for a season that might be. But there is a strength in this season if you can seize it. And here's the secret. is to surrender your season without giving up. Surrender your season without giving up. What do I mean by that? And everything we read that Solomon said, he's there, he lists 28 seasons, all these different seasons. Do you know what he doesn't say? He never says that there is a season to give up and quit. Instead, what I want to put before you is that the best thing to do in whatever season you're in is to surrender and submit. Submit. This is the question. God, what do you want me to do in this season? In this season. This is what God would want to say to you. What is the thing you're supposed to do in this season? For some of you, let's bring it down one more level, make it real practical. For you today, it's to go through essentials. It is. It's to go through essentials. It's something you know to do. And you haven't done it yet. I don't care what your lunch plans are. Cancel them, postpone them, push it back. Go through essentials today. Get started. Some of you today, today's the day you get in a group. But hasn't group, hasn't that already started? Yeah, it has already. But 
do you want to miss your season? You want to stay stuck in a cycle? There's groups you can still join today. Some of you, this is the, the season where you're supposed to submit. It's the day you forgive. Maybe for some of you, it's the day that you, you break off that relationship. You know it's not helpful. You know it's not honoring God. Maybe today's the day you repent. Maybe today's the day that you begin to tithe, not just tip God, but bring your first and your best. Maybe today is the day that you give your life to Christ. That's what it means to surrender, to submit to his will for your life. The secret is to surrender your season without giving up.